Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Karen and I are going to share. She didn't know that until a couple of minutes ago. Is that okay? Um, but um, what weird weather we're having right now. We don't know. I don't know whether we're a jacket or a t-shirt or a, you know whatever. It's just a bit of everything, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I'm going to pray just before we get started, and then we'll work out what we do. Is that okay? Lord, we thank you that you're here with us this morning. Thank you that we have the freedom to be here in this house and worship you. Lord, we give you all the glory and all the praise, and we pray that you would speak to us, encourage us, and empower us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. Well, yeah, Karen's going to come up here in a minute, and um, like I said, we're just working a few things out. But One of the things that I want to encourage all of us in, and we've talked a lot about next level and next year, next season, and and how we do things well in this season. Um, One of the things that I want to just confess is that, uh, I've said this before, I'm quite a competitive person. And so Karen said at the women's thing next year, they're going to get 150 women. And I'm thinking... Well, we said 100 for the Youth Alive thing, but Karen's already next leveling us on all this stuff. So we'll see how we go. But I want to encourage you. Hey, what? All right, let's see how we go. <laughs> I'll hold you to that. Um, but it's so important to make the most of our time while we have time. And that's what we're feeling in this hour is that we don't know how long we've got. We don't know what we uh, have available to us in time and resources, but the one thing we know is we want to exhaust every avenue. And we want to see God's kingdom come in this place, in this region, to the greatest extent we possibly can while we're here. And so... And we do thank you guys for your hunger, for your encouragement, for your pressing in. And so today, I want to um, open up a discussion that, that we'll share on in the end. Um, but before I do, I just want to also say that it's really important when we go to the next level, um, sometimes God will reveal some old things and he'll deal with those things. This week, for some weird reason, we have been spotting mold everywhere we go. Now, yes, it's partly because of roof leaks and, you know, things. Obviously, this building we're fixing up and even at home, and it's not even an old home, um, and and other places as well. And for some reason, I've been scrubbing mold and Karen's been scrubbing it, discovering it. And so, um, but one thing God spoke to me when I was doing that is that, Um, when we see this stuff and deal with it, it prepares us for what is to come. And so um, one of the little practical things that will really help just wash off any of the old mould, I I just want, even with the Women's Day yesterday and where we're going, it's really important that everyone knows, and even as Karen and I do this together, we together pastor the church. So I don't want anyone ever to say Karen is the pastor's wife. Okay, you will be blacklisted if you say that. 
So I'm saying it with a smile. Because let me tell you, tradition has stomped on pastors' wives. All, all the while, they're the ones, a lot of the times with a lot of the revelation, a lot of the fire and the passion and a lot of the stuff that the so-called pastor has needed. And so we need each other. I'm not putting down men. I'm not putting down, you know, one or the other. But what tradition has led a way that has sometimes minimalized the posture of the pastor's wife. Okay, so we don't have a pastor's wife in this house. We have pastors. And, and it's, it's important that you know that in going forward. Because we don't want to pull down anything God's doing for the new. Is that okay? Just give me a wave if you're okay with that. Guys, are you okay with that? Our guys are tough. Our guys can handle anything. I'm telling you, I've got some things prepared for next year that you are going to love, okay? I'm just praying and working on some stuff. And if you want a little hint, you might want to start Instagram following Garrett White. You're, and now, there's a lot of expletives and a lot of F-bombs. Can you handle that? But there's also a lot of truth that men need to hear. Christian men need to hear. So we're going to tap into some stuff next year, which is exciting. But I'm getting off track. So we've called today, You Are the Architect. You are the architect. Now, some of you theologians will be sitting there going, that is not correct. God is the great architect. I know that sounds almost Illuminati-ish. However, I want to encourage us today that God has empowered us with the free will of choosing whichever track we want to go. Now, if he's allowed us that freedom in our faith, he's also allowed us that freedom in every decision in our life. He doesn't force anything on us. Sometimes I wish he would. But he's allowed freedom in almost every, well, every area of life. So we can choose what we want to do here, what we want to do with our time, what today looks like, what next week, where we spend our money, where we spend our time, who we hang out with. And so I want to just start by reading in Matthew chapter 7, Verse 24, 27 says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And so looking at that in perspective, every single day, every single minute, of every single day, you and I have a choice. How will I build my house? Who will I come in contact with today? And I've got three Ps that are really interesting, and then Karen's going to take it from there for a bit. Three Ps to start us off in this process. The first one is people. The second one is places. And the third one is produce. People, places, and produce. They are three areas that we are the architects of in our own lives. The people we hang around. We get to choose. If they're toxic and we're putting up with it, then we're dumb. Just like mold. 
It's the same with the places we go. If we go into places where God hasn't led us there, he hasn't opened uh, doorways and it's not fruitful and it's not beneficial for us, then we're silly. We're foolish. Actually, the Bible says foolish. Some of you think dumb is strong language. Actually, Scripture is a whole lot clearer than that. Words like dung, Paul says. Big pile of dung. Foolish. These are strong words. And, and we've got to get used to them if we want to grow. Because to grow, you've got to be pruned. And then thirdly, the produce, the produce, the things we nourish our bodies with, the things we put into our system, the things we put into our realm really, really matter. And so if we want to go to the next level, if we want to see greater things in this next season, then we take a look at ourselves and we say, wow, what am I building around me? God is the supplier of all of the raw materials, but I get to put it together in exactly the way that he's given me the free will to do. And so I want to encourage you today, dwell on how are you building what he's given you to build. In, the, in this last season where the Holy Spirit's been speaking to us about next level, it's interesting because I've been reflecting this week in what God's been doing in all of us. And I was chatting with Marty and I said, God's not just next leveling us as a family, as a community, and, and in all the different areas of ministry, which he's doing and he's stirring. He's next leveling our relationships. He's next leveling connection. He's next leveling community. He's next leveling us in family, in kingdom family, because there's something significant that God's doing in the people and the places of his dwelling. <laughs> he's moving in a really special way. That is the most precious of all. <laughs> it really is the most precious of all. And in this last little season, like Marty said, we've been dealing with mold and we've been cleaning out rooms that haven't been cleaned out in a long time. And, you know, dust settles in places. There's places in our lives where dust can settle. There's places in our life that can even get a little bit stagnant when there's not life flowing in and life flowing out of the Holy Spirit. And there's things in our heart and in our life that the Lord might be highlighting and bringing to the surface. And some of those areas in our life when the Lord highlights them might not look so pretty. <laughs> you know, mold in the corner of a room isn't nice or a dusty area doesn't look great. And sometimes when the Holy Spirit highlights areas in our lives, because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, we are the dwelling place of the Lord, we are His house when He highlights things within us individually. Sometimes it doesn't look very nice. Sometimes I don't even want to see what he's wanting me to see that's in me. Sometimes there's things that come and go, oh, I'm not sure that I like what's in there. But in this season, the Lord is highlighting things to bring a greater level of freedom, a greater level of healing, a greater level of anointing than you've ever experienced before. And the reason why he's allowing these things to come to the surface and be seen and to come to our attention is because these are the areas and the things that have been holding us back for the, from the fullness of what he has for us. So I want to say this morning, if you are in a place where the Lord is highlighting some things in your life or maybe there's things coming to the surface, 
Maybe there's things like with me, when, when the Lord is bringing things to the surface in me, I realize that there's things that are being triggered that are a little uncomfortable. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, where is that coming from? <laughs> Holy Spirit, what is it that you're highlighting in my life? What is causing these reactions? Or what is causing these cycles that I feel like I can't break free from? Why am I feeling stuck like I can't move forward? Holy Spirit, what are these areas you're, you're revealing to my life? The reason why he's doing that is not because he's disappointed, not because he's upset, not because what's in you is too much or it's, it's you know, dishonoring his heart or not pleasing him or any of those things. He is the perfect father. He's revealing those things in our lives, in all of us, because he loves us so much that he doesn't want to see us held back any longer. He doesn't want to see us stuck. He doesn't want to see us limited. He doesn't want to see us anymore in that place of frustration where why can't I step forward? Why am I afraid? Why am I feeling frustrated? He cares so much that he's not highlighting it to make us disappointed. He's not highlighting it for shame. No, there is no more shame. It's all paid for on the cross. <laughs> He's highlighting it to set us free. And it's a gift. And when we say yes, and we humble ourselves and we say, yes, Lord, come and bring healing in my life in this area. Come and bring freedom. Come and clear the dust or the mold or whatever it might be. <laughs> and prophetically, it is because He's preparing us for greater things. He's creating even greater space within us to carry an even greater level of the anointing. Amen. So God has more. He has so much more. And it's exciting when he starts to highlight things in your life and in my life. When he starts to shine his light on us, it's because he is preparing you for what he has that is yet to come. And he's asking us to partner with him in this season. It is an absolute privilege and an honor. And like Marty shared earlier, earlier about the men in this house. I do want to, I know I shared before, I want to honor each and every man, young and old in this place. You are powerful. You are significant. You are so needed. As women, we need you. <laughs> as families, we need you. As brothers, as young men, we need you. That what you carry in the spirit as men is so significant for who we are as family. And I just want to honor you for your leadership. I want to honor you for serving the Lord. I want to honor you for your faithfulness. I want to honor you for not giving up. I want to honor you for your prayers over your families and over community. And I want to thank you for your heart and your strength. And we are so grateful. And Marty's right, we are preparing some fun things for the men. But ladies, I, I'm, I'm keen to jump on in too. I don't know about you. We have this little plan. You've heard us share about some of the crazy things we do, right? One of the things we do is we like to jump into an ice bath or a freezing pool or a cold shower. Has anyone, has anyone ex like just done this before? Is it just us? Can you give me a big wave lots this morning? Lots of you have. We know lots of you have. I can see so many hands. Cold showers, ice baths. Do you know what? Even this is just like a little fun fact on the side here. It has been scientifically proven that ice baths break the cycle of depression and anxiety, increase energy, increase longevity, productivity, clarity of mind. Mind. My goodness. So there you go. Maybe when they baptized people in the river, in the Jordan, in the cold, there was physical and supernatural benefits to that. Ice baptism. <laughs> 
We are planning. We've been talking for a while, and I'm going to let you in on our little little plans. We've been planning an we ice bath day. We never know what secret each other is going to let out of the closet. It's so, so I'm fun. I'm wondering. I mean, when we get started like this, you guys can find out anything. This is awesome. An ice bath day. We're going to bring in some giant portable saunas. Saunas and ice baths. Next level fun. I'm in. I'm in. Ladies, if you're in too, let's do this. <laughs> but there is something in this season on men and women together. And I didn't know Marty was going to share this morning what he shared. And I'm... I'm still lost for words and I just want to say thank you to all of you for your love and support over the years. And, but there is something in this season going forward about men and women together. It's not one, it's not the other. And you know, in the past, maybe men have taken the, the prominent position, whether it's been in the, the body of Christ or whether it's been in society. And then maybe feminism has tried to rise up and say that it's all about women and, you know, emasculating men. And, but I'm telling you today, it's men men and women, we are made together in the image of God. He made them in his image, not just one or the other. He made Adam and Eve, he made them both in his, in his image. And there is something powerful released when we honor one another's differences, when we honor one another's strengths, when we recognize we're made uniquely and together we carry something special. So this season, this season, get ready men, get ready women. God is releasing something special together for the body of Christ. Yeah, awesome, awesome. A few years back, when Karen and I were looking uh, at our farm property to buy, we walked on the land, and, and we've told you the story before, we just loved the smell, the, the sheep poo, the kangaroos, the, the nature. And if you've ever smelled it, you'll know what I mean. It's like it's a great smell. It's nature. It's creation. Anyway, so um, interestingly enough, on our land, which, which we knew but we didn't really weigh up because we didn't care, all we saw was this farm and nature, was an old derelict house. And this old derelict house was falling down and it had asbestos and it was, it was sloped. And I remember saying to Karen, oh, we could do this. We and she's looking at me going, you can't rebuild this thing. It's, this is gone. She knows my skills as well. It's kind of down here. When it comes to this kind of thing, it'll be, it'll be flopped on the other side if I get to it. Super optimistic. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah. But anyway, give me all the tools, but give me someone else to do it. But um, anyway, so... Interestingly enough, most of us will find at stages throughout our life, we either need a reno or a demo. And there's little renos, just one room at a time. They're the ones I like. Just Jesus, just go easy. Don't highlight too much in one season because it just it's too much. And and that's when you fall apart. But that's a demo. Sometimes we go through demos where the whole lot's got to go. We had to do this on our farm. But God sees the farm. He sees the best in you because he knows what's to come. He sees way past the reno, way past the demo. He doesn't even care about the asbestos. You should have seen me when I knew there was asbestos in the place because I've come from manufacturing industry where I'm very sensitive on fibres and things, done a lot of research and, and, and meet to more seminars than I can think of about dust and fibres. 
And so I remember when they discovered there's asbestos in the, in the building. It was actually only a little bit. I'm there with masks on gloves, even a kilometre away. I'm getting my pr- gear on. I'm like, I don't want to breathe the one full, little fibre He had of that the thing full in. white suit going the on. Full white like the full white suit. Yeah. And I made sure Woo. the guys had the sensors all around the property. And uh, to be honest, the sensors couldn't pick up anything. You know, they're that far away. But anyway, th- you put them there. And anyway, so I, I get there one day when they're removing and I park my car away, I've got all my gear on, and I rock up and these dudes, are, they're, they're tats and smoking and having smoke, pulling off the asbestos. They don't care. They're just like, oh, let's cruise, man. We do this every day. It's just, well, I don't know if the asbestos is going to kill you or the tobacco is going to kill you. <laughs> but they're having fun in the process, and they were very, very nice men. But anyway, so I just prayed, Lord, bless their lungs, heal their lungs. But, you know, they know what they're doing and, and they actually did everything right and, and were really good. But it's interesting what we will fixate on sometimes. And I want to encourage you, some of you prophetically, this morning, God is telling you that he sees the farm, not the reno and the demo. He sees the bigger thing in your life that you've forgotten about long ago. You've given up on long ago. Maybe stuff has gotten in the way. Maybe your own mind has gotten in the way. An ice bath's a really good way of getting out of your own mind. Let me tell you, you can't think about your depressive problems when you're in the cold. You can't think about anything (laughs) when you are in the cold. Wim Hof (laughs) says this. He's one of my heroes. Wim Hof says this. He says, I go to the cold and the cold doesn't come to me. (laughs) And he never gets a cold. So it's interesting, sometimes we have to face our fears, otherwise the fear will overcome us. And if we are truly the architects of our life, and I know some of you go, oh, but God's in control, he's sovereign. I know he is, but why does he let you do everything today that you want to do? Why can you make every single decision this week and God will not step in and prohibit you and show you up and say, do not go down to those shops. Do not go and talk to that person. Do not go and eat that food. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if, if, if he were that kind of God, he would meticulously, robotically um, control every single part of our day. And when you go to the supermarket and you go to buy that beautiful can of Red Bull that, we, that I used to love, he would prohibit that stuff from going down your throat. But he doesn't. Free will. You have a free will and a free choice to be the architect of today. What does today look like? What does your building look like? What does it it look like? Sometimes he will do a reno to freshen up a room. Sometimes he'll remove some mold to make it clean. And for a while, it's a bit strange. Ever notice that? It's a bit strange. I remember when seeing our house, the, the old house that was on our farm being knocked down, I remember thinking, what are we doing? We're ripping down a hundred years of heritage here. And this was the original cottage on the thing. And Karen often has buyer's regret. And so um, I, I remember, you know, she's looking at the house getting a bit teary thinking, oh no, we're pulling down all this history. Um, and so it's interesting. Sometimes we hold on to the past just because we're used to it, but it's not the best thing for us. Don't hold on to unfruitful things in your life because it will hold back the next season. God wants to bring about new fruit 
right now there's new stone fruit. Some of you who are gardeners, you'll know new stone fruit's coming on, isn't it? It's starting to get there and then we get a downpour of rain all week and it doesn't know whether it'll come out or whether to bud or not. I I don't know. It's, It's like all over the place at the moment. But don't hold on to those things just because you're comfortable with them because they can still be smelly and mouldy. We want the fresh new things. One more example, and then I'll let Karen bring some depth to the whole thing. Recently, I've changed motocross bikes that I'm riding, sold the Kawasaki. I'm on a Husqvarna now. Bay's giving me lessons on how to ride a Husqvarna. You'd think it's just a motorbike, but this thing's totally different. So we're doing some training yesterday, and I'm out in the jumps, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is totally different. Not every motorbike is the same. That's the deep feeling that you're meant to be feeling right now. I'm just kidding. I was so comfortable on the old bike. I was so comfortable. I was getting good at jumping. I was getting good. I knew every gear. I was fine with the weight of it. I get on something new and I go, whoa, i got to learn how to do this thing again. I can't quite even go as fast or everything. It's got more power. It's this, that and the other. And that's what God will do for you and me in a new season. We have to readjust to the upgrade. Readjust your life to an upgrade, to a renovation or a demolition or a complete rebuild. Because God wants more from us and in our region. Long, it's been far too long that we have just been the same. It's been far too long that we've kept things safe. And that's why we're opening things up and we're saying, Lord, we want more. We're willing to get on a new bike. I will sacrifice and get on a new bike and learn new skills if I have to in the spirit realm. And I'll pray new prayers and believe for new things. But we want everyone to come with us believing for fresh new things. But when we do it individually, it's like, whoa, it's a little unnerving. God, what room needs renovation? What, what are you going to do? I've got to relearn how to ride again because this is a little bit different. It's got more power. And that's what he's going to do in our community next season. He's going to give us more power. He's going to give us more versatility. He's going to give us a louder voice in our region, in our area. We're going to see more people saved, more people healed. We're decreeing this stuff. We're seeing this stuff. And we know you guys are primed for it. You know, it's like when you, you start, try and start the whippersnipper, it doesn't work when you don't prime it. You prime that thing, bang, on it comes. That's what we feel you guys are like. So many of you have been ready for the next for so long and we're here to tell you this morning, we're going there. We're going there together. And we want to do it with one voice. We want to do it with with an unashamed cry to the Lord saying, Lord, we want to start seeing the heavens open. We want to start seeing the bigger and the better. But sometimes it means learning to ride on that new vehicle. Whoa, it's a little bit different. We have to take a little back step and make some adjustments and get used to the new level of power. And that's what we're going to do together. We have our shed at home that used to be a multi-purpose shed and is now a bike shop. So we have multiple motorbikes going on. So if anyone is interested in a, in a dirt bike, come and see Balin and he will set you up. going to flog off our bikes this morning at an auction. <laughs> it's good fun though. It's really, really good fun. Um, when Marty was sharing before about being the architect of our life, I just keep hearing the Holy Spirit whispered that when we are made in the image of the Lord, He is the great architect. 
He is the creator. He is the architect of, of all things. And if we're made in his image, then we have that same gifting in us. We are created in his likeness and he instills into us who he is. And he actually created us as sons and daughters to be free, like Marty said, free to love him. We don't have to. He's not going to force us. Free to honor him with our lives. We get to choose to. He's not going to force us. Free to 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 pour our love and our worship back on his heart because he's not interested in slaves. He's interested in sons and he's interested in daughters. And he's interested in those of us who will love him because we choose to love him, not because we have to, not because we should, not because we're told to, not because we think we should, but because we are overflowing with who he is in response to who he is and we can't hold it back. <laughs> we're made in his image and he gives us that choice and he gives us that freedom and it's the greatest responsibility of our lives. The fact that he entrusts you and me with his heart, with his spirit. He entrusts us with the privilege of glorifying Jesus here on earth. He entrusts us by his spirit. It's an incredible honor that he gives to us that we get to choose every day to pour love on him. We get to choose every day to honor him. And he loves us in the seasons when we struggle and in the seasons when we don't on the mountaintop and on the valley. He loves loves us the same. His grace is the same. His mercy is the same. It still astounds me that he's not disappointed. He's not upset. He doesn't love us less. He doesn't pull back. He doesn't shame us when we're in a difficult place, when we're lost or when we're struggling to connect. Or he doesn't put any of that on us. He just lovingly waits. He lovingly pours out grace. He lovingly pours out mercy. And he finds ways to shower love upon us, to seek us out. He still leaves the 99 today to find the one. It's the heart of the Father. It's who he is. It is a kind of love and grace and mercy that we have not, you don't see that on earth. We don't see that in mankind. It's supernatural. It is supernatural love, supernatural grace. But he's looking for ones who will love him in the same way that he loves. He's looking for ones who choose him above all else. And that's the part that we get to participate in with him. Yesterday at Women's, it was called Dream Again. I love Dream Again. I love when, when we felt the Lord speaking that for our women's event. Oh my goodness, I got excited. Dream. I'm like, Jesus, it is a new season to begin to dream again. I don't know about you, but during COVID, it was a really hard season where it was hard to dream. It was hard to look ahead. We had no idea how long this season's going to go for. What's going to happen next? Can we even leave our homes? For goodness sake, it was a really hard season where you can't see to the other, the other side. But we're in a season now where the Lord is decreeing it's time to dream again. It is time to dream again. It is time to take a hold of the promises that God's placed in our lives. And it's time to stand up and trust Him and begin to step forward in faith with those dreams. Because it is a season of increases and it's a season of abundance. It's a season of blessing. This is the heart of the Father upon our lives. Ultimately, at the end of the day, His sovereignty is in all of us. He is sovereign. He is sovereign above all. And I know for me, I wake up by grace every day. 
I'm alive by grace. I breathe by his grace. And I know there was a season in my life in burnout for many, many years where no matter how hard I tried, I could not move or function or heal myself or, or, or fix a situation. I was in a season by God's design, by his purpose. He led me there. I didn't want to go there, but he led me anyway. But in that season, nothing I could do could change that season. And that's part of his sovereignty. And there are seasons in life that he leads us into where we are walking hand in hand in blind faith, trusting our father and learning to lean and rely on him like we never have before. And he grows things in us and and strengthens us through those seasons like he can't do on the mountaintop. It's a special, it's a sacred season. It's a sacred season. If you're going through that, it's sacred and it's holy to the Lord and he is working in your life. But ultimately, his sovereignty is above all. And I know for me, I did not feel like I would ever come alive again. (laughs) I felt like I had been buried in the ground. All the dreams and the prophetic words and all the hopes and, and everything I had ever longed for in the Lord got buried with me in that season. Ten years. Ten years. And many years before that. But I didn't know if the Lord would ever bring me back to life again. And he began to call Lazarus, come out of the grave. He began to decree that it was time. So God's timing and his power and his sovereignty is above all else, but he invites us into that relationship with him. And with dream again, I've really felt from the Holy Spirit that it is time to begin dreaming with God. He invites us into that process of dreaming with him because that's family, that's kingdom family. He wants to know what's in your heart. He wants to know what's stirs you. He wants to know what moves you. He wants to partner together in in his kingdom and glorifying Jesus. He invites us to dream with him. I'm reading through the Bible at the moment and it amazes me. It amazes me how God would lean down to listen to Abraham. And God said, I'm about to, I'm about to smite these people because of the sin that's going on. And Abraham says, oh, but, but Lord, would you save them for this many? And the Lord listens to Abraham's voice and says, yes, I will. And then with Moses and the Israelites, he's leading them out of Egypt and they're going through the wilderness and they're complaining like nothing you've ever heard before. I mean, mums, if you've got kids complaining from time to time, do you know what? You're all good. Compared to the Israelites, your kids are angels. (laughs) They complained so much and the Lord was like, I'm going to wipe them out. I'm going to destroy them. This is too much. And Moses says, Lord, Lord, would you have mercy? The Lord listens to your heart. He listens to our heart the same way he listened to Abraham, to Moses, to men and women that have gone before us. He cares deeply and intimately. And he wants to invite us into that space with him, of dreaming with him, living with him, of his spirit breathing and pouring into us and through us and all around us. It's one of the greatest privileges we have in this lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting when we talk like this and when we begin believing and when we start taking God at his word and we start talking about the next season and bigger things and better things, the first thing some of us might think of is our current circumstances, our current situation. Oh, but this, oh, but this weight. And there's barely a person in the room who doesn't have a tension in their lives that will try and reduce down what God wants to do in the next season. That's, that's humanity. That's both living for the now and not yet. 
That's living for heaven and earth. That's living part spirit, part in the flesh. That, that's the tension that we have as humans. And I think Nehemiah had a key here for us. When the walls of Jerusalem were destroyed, Nehemiah comes in as a prophetic voice and he says to everyone, everyone who's going to rebuild, uh, and he says, and he declares this, and each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he built or as he worked. And that in there is a real key for you and for me. In hearing the next level, we're going to be in tension all the time. We will probably, this side of heaven, never get to the place where we're in so much freedom where we just float along and we float along and there's no problems in our life. Every prophecy just comes to par. Just the, our gold investments return amazingly. Cryptos just spiral out, work out of control. Everything just begins to go crazy the way we want it. No, that's not living on earth. We will always be in attention because there is an enemy and there is a king. And we live for the king. And the enemy tries to bring down, still kill and destroy, the Bible says. But we also try and still kill and destroy ourselves sometimes with our own foolishness. But with those two things working against us sometimes, we got to remember there's a strategy. A strategy is be a good architect of today. Be a good architect of this week. That means you're going to need your sword right at the ready. And you're going to need to be building. So it's not one or the other. It's not, okay, I'm not going to build anything. I'm just going to chop demons all day. Just stab this one, stab that one, name them all, and just, you know, bring them all down while you build nothing and your whole life doesn't accomplish anything. Or we're just building, 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 forgetting that there's mold growing in places that I don't want to look at and there's things going on. I don't want to worry about that. I can't be bothered, can't be bothered. No, we've got to discern discern. There's a gift called discernment, which is such a powerful gift. My goodness, if you don't have the gift of discernment, pray for it. The Bible says pray for wisdom. I'm going to add pray for wisdom and discernment. But to be honest, to gain discernment is to gain wisdom. So they're the same thing. But it's really, really powerful to be able to see what others can't see. And when you can see what others can't see, you'll know exactly when to build and you'll know exactly when to cut heads off demons. And you'll know exactly what to do in your life because sometimes we, we put too much weight on one or the other. But having the sword at the ready and building things rightly at the, at the same time. Let me give you a really practical example of that. It might be tomorrow, Monday morning. It might be, okay, I'm going to look, how am I going to build architecturally today? Because God's given me the recipes. What am I going to do today? Well, I'm going to be as honourable as I can when I get to work. I'm going to honour my boss. I'm not going to talk negatively about my boss again. That's biblical, by the way. And so straight away, that's building. It's called honour. And it's a biblical principle, what you sow, you reap. And if you start building with honour, you're going to reap honour. And after doing that for six months, the boss goes, man, I'm not hearing any toxic stuff coming out of that guy. Believe me, your bosses know. I've been a boss of 500 employees. And even though I didn't know their names, I knew which ones were toxic. And they never got promoted. And so it's, it's a funny thing how our, our natural laws are very, very powerful. Even though we don't, we don't think people can see the mold, people can see the mold. And so when we operate like that, we're building. You might need to cut some old stuff off and do a reno on a room to be able to honour. You might have to forgive your past boss, forgive your past whatever, school teacher or whatever the limitating factor, mum, dad, any area. Do a reno on that room so that you can get a promotion. 
Because to go where God wants you to go, it may need some reshuffling. But it's really powerful. It's not all or nothing. It's both and. So don't think just because you've got some stuff going on in your life, maybe some really bad stuff going on in your, in your life that you can't get, you can't control, you can't get under control right now. God knows. He is the God of love. He knows your situation better than anyone else. And he has enough grace for you to walk that out. He has enough grace for you to even stuff it up sometimes. But you've got a sword at the ready, you've got bricks in hand, and you're doing your best with this week. And you're building, you're building, you're cutting down what needs to be cut down, you're building, you're building, you're defending off attack of the mind, you're getting rid of that stuff, and you're building at the same time. One really good way, apart from ice baths, <laughs> to break free of that is your nutrition. Your nutrition has such a powerful impact on your mind. And it's so powerful. If you've been if you've been wondering why, you know, winter is a hard time, maybe it's you know, because the nutrition going, it's hard in winter, isn't it? Like, it just these chips in this flaming fryer all the time. I smell them all the time. And it's like, I want those chips. I have a weakness for chips. But I, all winter, I have resisted. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> because I know it's not good for me. You enjoy some afterwards, whatever. But I want the band to come up. Because we want to we pray... And we're going to sing that song, Come Alive, because what we want to pray and decree over all of you is together we want to maybe lay some things down that need laying down. You might want to just get rid of some mold, get rid of some thinking, get rid of some rooms. Just let the Lord do some renos, demos, whatever he needs to do in this moment, in this time, because there's power when we do it together. There's authority when we do it together. And so as we do that in this song, as we sing those words come alive, just like Karen said about Lazarus, we want to let the Lord breathe on those old things and say, come alive. Come alive, that new vision. Come alive, those new, that new way of thinking. Come alive. And you might still be battling some stuff this week. I'm not saying everything's just going to be hunky-dory. But what I'm saying is this is the way through it. This is the way through it. So we're decreeing. We're saying, come alive. Lord, let your word come alive in my life. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to see the farm, even though the house is being wrecked right now. I'm going to see it, even though things are in shamozzle, in here and in here. I'm going to keep believing, keep decreeing, and keep saying, come alive. My spirit, come alive. My faith, come alive. My body, come alive. Every area that he wants to bring to life. Yeah. So we're going to, why don't you stand? And don't underestimate the power of just like five minutes of doing it this together. When we worship together and we say, come alive, this is, this is an altar before the Lord. It's an altar before the Lord. It's a holy place where we get to present things to Him, present it to the cross. Just picture Jesus on the cross and then Him rising again because Him rising again is, is what He did with Lazarus. It was a type of Christ incident, if you like. And so He wants to breathe things back to life. He wants to say, come alive, vision. Come alive, gifting and calling. Come alive, those stuff that you laid down years ago. Come alive. But sometimes it means you're going to have to activate your faith. And so let's worship together as we just prepare our hearts to do that.